The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of every Premier League match week and the Champions League as well. I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl and here are today's topics. Liverpool's poor performance in Madrid and their chances of a second leg, leg comeback. Should Manchester City be happy with a 2-1 lead over Borussia Dortmund? Bayern and PSG's entertaining rematch of last season's final in a snowy Munich. Chelsea jumping out to a 2 0 lead against Porto thanks to goals from Mount and Chilwell. And we're joined by Mel D. Cole, who's a New York based photographer with 20 years of experience, to chat about his series on American Chelsea supporters. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas. Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, Robbie. First with the football, <laughs> my friend, in Champions League week mm, and yeah. a great stage of the competition. Mm. A boys with quarterfinals and semifinals. It's a really great chance to, to pit the best against the best in different uh, European leagues. Now, Liverpool. Mm. Um, wow, what are we, how do we start with Liverpool, Rob? They lost a game three-one yeah. to Real Madrid at Real Madrid's training ground. I think it was. Yeah, uh, Vinicius Junior got a couple of goals. Essentially, got the other goal, three-one loss, and a very, very disappointing night for the Reds. Um, I don't think you do it quite justice there with a very, very disappointing. I would go as far to say, Rob, the first forty-five minutes. I can't remember a worse forty-five minutes under Jurgen Klopp from yeah. the moment he worked in the football club. No intensity, couldn't pass the ball, no pressing, out of. Um, got caught out position, no defensive structure, um, poor. A night of errors, Rob, of yeah. errors all over the, the full pitch. The biggest error, I've got to say, may fall at the feet of the manager. Naby, to put Naby Keita in, to, to say that he was a dribbler in his athleticism, backfired miserably, took him off before half-time, tactically put Thiago on the pitch. Mm. In a game where the Real Madrid midfield 
gave Liverpool an absolute lesson. And um, I, I, read a, I read a line, actually, that, that I thought was very telling, that Liverpool played Arsenal at the weekend and played against Real Madrid's B midfield, Odegaard and Ceballos, on loan from Real Madrid. They got the real Real Madrid midweek, mm. Casemiro, Modric and Tony Cruz, who were yeah. outstanding, Rob. Do, Played the game, developed the game, and the other the other headline I'd have to say came out of the match, Robin, and it's really interesting in that we're immersed in Premier League football, we're immersed with the stars and the way they're playing. Real Madrid looked at Liverpool and said, "Guess where their weakness is?" Trent Alexander Arnold, and they played everything down that side of the pitch. Goals, but goals came from there. Trent struggled to to do to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. And this is Juni gets in for the first goal. And from that moment on, he had, it's terrible header to, to give away the second goal, Sancho and Liverpool were, were pretty much done and dusted. Yeah. And as much as we say, you know, it's better from Trent. And this is like, we, maybe the, the, there is a harshness where people outside of our league look and go, he can't defend. So let's go down that side. And that's what Madrid did. And, and it, was, it was, was difficult to watch at times. It's difficult to watch for, from Liverpool's point of view. Listen, I'm sure Real Madrid and their coaching staff and their football club and their scouting mm-hmm. knows 10 times more than what we do about Liverpool Football Club. Mm-hmm. Um, I think defensively with Trent Alexander-Arnold, you're right. We've said it many times, Rob. He's a brilliant attacking fullback. Mm-hmm. He's just not very good at, at defending one-on-ones or positionally at times. You marry that in the fact that there's kind of centre-backs are... Uh, inexperienced at this level. Mm. Kabak, I thought, actually was pretty good. I yeah, Kabak did okay, I thought. Sound uh, game. Uh, Nat Phillips yeah. obviously got caught out for the mm. ball over the top. Yeah. You know, so between Nat Phillips on that side mm. and, and Trent, they got in, didn't they, with that early goal, yeah. a lovely ball from Trent yeah. over the top. But but it's kind of an amateur goal, really, to concede. Mm. So the defensive strength of Liverpool, we know is not is is weakened at the moment because of injury yeah. situation, etc. Yeah. etc. That being said, right, that it, that's not the full story. That is not the full story. No, no. Liverpool, with the ball, Rob, particularly Which, in that first half, couldn't pass the ball. Did nothing with the ball. Couldn't pass it, couldn't keep it. The front yeah. players weren't involved, didn't do yeah. enough when they did get the ball. Such a a and, and I tell you, I, I watched this the the um the city game as well. Mm. And just like a, it was kind of similar. There was like a, a nervousness or a an edginess to this performance that, that I'm yeah. going to talk about in the Man City game as mm. well. And uh, that first half, I agree with you, mate. I, I couldn't. I, I just thought this is not this is not Liverpool. And no, now, no, in the second no. half, better. Bit but better. That sort of lead, Real Madrid are going to drop yeah. off, and Liverpool yeah. got their passing game going a little bit. But again, they can mm. see that third goal, two one. You think, okay, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, we, we may be in it, it, in it. But it was an all round. In fact, awful. You're right. First half, first oh. four minutes was an awful performance, oh. but not just because of the reasons people think. No. It's all around the team. No, I, I still want to go back to Trent a little bit, Rob, because yeah. I'm, I'm not fixated it, it, in him, and 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 he's a, he's a wonderful player. He's a player over the last. What eighteen months or two years? We've talked of, well, you know, local lad. You know, he's got the mural. Has won the Champions League. Has won the the, the title. We were talking not long ago, saying he could have the pick of any club in Europe soon. You know, the, the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid's. Could he could be that level? And it was interesting because then I think, okay, what we're saying is not your defensive type. 
uh, fullback. He's not one Basaka type. He's the type who can get full, can make things up. It's all the wonderful ball at the weekend for Jota. So we know what his strengths are. But I was trying to think. So I was thinking, I've got three down here Cafu, Danny Alves, and Philip Long would be fullbacks who can play forward, make things in attack, you know, creative as well. But they defended, Rob. Or, or, and they also had maybe right side centre halves who would hold that space a bit or, or be a little bit more dominating. I'm thinking, is this all Trent? And if so, at 22 years of age, isn't it something you should be working on? The, the thing that disappointed me a couple of times with Trent was people walked past him yesterday, Rob. There, mm. there was no attention to his defending. Now, that's not good enough for him. And I've got to tell you, as a manager, that's not good enough for, uh, as a manager. He can get better on his defending. He might not ever be Wan-Bissaka or, or, you know, that John Terry type, but he can be better defender than he is now. Interesting point. And I think there's one of two ways that this can go, Rob. And, and the way that it, I would like to see it go, and it sounds like you would, is that, that he really tries to improve on that side of his game. Yeah. Now, I mm. don't know what Jurgen Klopp, Mm. He's doing with him. I get in the Premier League, for the most part, Liverpool are on the front foot. So yeah. I guess he doesn't have to do too much of that. But you're right. Danny Alves, I watched him for a ton for Barcelona. I mean, he was a tenacious defender as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think everybody's a little surprised. And I, and I think, you know, maybe the England manager was that he hasn't improved that side of it. The other angle on that, Rob, is don't play him as a right back. Is Trent mm. Alexander-Arnold good enough in another position, a right-sided midfield, maybe tucked into a midfield three, the right side of that, where you get yeah. the benefit of his passing range because he's a good passer of all different types of passing, yeah. but you don't have the vulnerabilities as a fullback. Now, again, I, I prefer it to, to be the first part of this where he yeah. Improves, yeah. Because that, yeah. that makes mm. him world-class. I don't think he could be world-class as a right-sided midfield player. Or no, something. no. He could be a world-class um, fullback if he could... If he could um, if you could defend a little bit better. Defend. It's interesting, and, and you'll know exactly what I'm going to say. That it's fine to say maybe he's a midfield player. When you regularly play in midfield, Rob, it's a different game. It's toe-in, it's round corners, it's fighting sometimes. It's going yeah. to. He hasn't got that in it. I don't think that's in his game either. No. So all of a sudden you might put him in field, say, actually he's not a midfield player. Then we're what? No. Oh, he's not a right back. What is he then? Yeah. Sometimes I think I think he's got to be the former. I think he's got to improve at his defending. Rob, the basics of defending, get, you know, crouching, concentrate on the ball, get your body across the line. Of, you know, I see Rich James for Chelsea doing it today against yeah. the Porto players. He gets his body in. He's a little bit tenacious. You know, he's still a young man learning, but he looks like he wants to improve on his defending. Trent looks like, oh, I can't defend, so I'll just let him walk past me. I've got one for you, Rob. And I, and I was thinking about this um, yesterday watching the game. And the commentators and stuff. And they they yeah. get things going in your mind and stuff. Yeah. Now, great friend of mine, Gareth Southgate, Robbie Earl. Yeah. yeah. Now, when he came out publicly and explained mm. the reasons why Trent wasn't in his squad, right, yeah. I think most most former players, pundits, thought, kind of agreed with what he was saying. Yeah. Now, I did see a couple of, um, and it was um, former Liverpool defender, Steve Nicol. Yeah. Was was broadcasting and sort of said he he really didn't like that Gareth um, called him out like this. Called him out, yeah. And at yeah. the time, I'm thinking, ah, you know what? It's a, it's a bit of a kick up the backside. Mm. It's, it's out there. The reason is there. He's been very honest, Gareth. Yeah. But I just yeah. thought, is that is that is that fueled a an obsession 
with watching Trent's defensively yeah. and the pressure yeah, on him now to, to get better. And any mistake he makes defensively, mm. it's going to come back. Well, this is what Gareth Southgate... I, I just don't know whether that was the right thing to do, given his age, given the club that he's at. I hear you. Do you know what I mean, Rob? What, I hear you. And it's, really it's a valid point. But I also see the other side, where if I'm Gareth and I'm saying... When you're in a, if, if you get to a Euro, Euro semi-final or World Cup semi-final, there's pressure on you. There's a spotlight on you. How are you going to handle it? How is Trent Alexander going to handle it? The evidence of what, of, of what we saw last night, I would suggest, makes it feel like Gareth was right. Yeah, but he's played in European Champions League finals, Rob. He, he's I, I, I hear you, Rob. He's been there before and done well. Correct. I hear you. But but you're now in a position where we're asking him to say, defend better, Trent. And the whole world's watching for him to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. And we're not seeing it. Yeah, I, I, I just... That's... A, that's I know what I, you mean. I hear you. Yeah. a lot of, lot of screw mm. to me on him. Of course it has, Yeah. And, and at the weekend, in fairness, we said, you know, in fairness, he, 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 um, he reacted well to it and played well. Uh, last night, I, I'd have to say it, it wasn't the case and, and did himself a bit of harm. But as you yeah. say, it wasn't just about Trent. We, we've obviously concentrated on because I think he's, he's an important and he's a player we'd love to see play, playing better. Yeah. But from Liverpool's point of view, the away goal was important. Uh, it gives them some hope, Rob. Liverpool now need one of those special Liverpool nights at Anfield. There's no fans. Yeah. They're, they're in no home form and they're struggling for goals. I, I, I can look no further than, and I'm sorry to keep saying the same thing, defensively, they're not good enough. They're not they good have to enough. Win two, they can win 2 0. Well, they can win 2 0, but yeah, they've I mean, got to keep a clean sheet and then they've got to find. Mane at the moment is struggling to find his form. Salah will find a goal if he can. Jota will, will continue to work hard and, and, and plug things on. But can, I don't know if you can see that Real Madrid team not scoring. Yeah, I, 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 that's the problem for me. That, that's the problem. Nobody's close to, to, gonna, to being fit to improve that, that defensive mm. situation. So I think Real Madrid will score. Um, and without the fans at Anfield, I mean, it's a different... I mean, a full Anfield, as we've seen before yeah, in this competition... Yeah. Yeah, uh, is, one, an, yeah. is amazing, but 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 I just can't see it. But we have got some odds, my friend, from our friends at, at Points Bet mm. Sportsbook, and these are the odds yeah. to advance to the semi-finals: Liverpool a plus two hundred and seventy-five, Real Madrid a minus four hundred. So that's mm. that's pretty much telling, isn't it? It's pretty yeah. much telling. You know, a goal for Real Madrid, and it, it pretty much feels like done and dusted for Liverpool. So, listen, we've had some special nights at Anfield, not not without fans, not with an, a Liverpool team in this form, mm. but we've had some special nights, and I think that's what you've got to hope of your Liverpool fan that somehow they 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 they, they you know take in the special sauce and um, find a way of getting it done. But it's going to be difficult, really difficult for Liverpool in the second leg. Lot yeah. to look forward to in that one next week. Let's move on to Manchester City, mate. Many people's favourites. I think Points Back Sportsbook have them down as favourites to win the tournament. I believe another nervy night for Man City as we get to quarterfinals, which continues to to add to the narrative that Pep has not gone past the quarterfinals with the Manchester City team. Scarred, my friend. The, 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 the team are scarred. Mm-hmm. They played like they were absolutely, you, you know what, themselves about the uh, conceding away goal. 
I, when it went in, I was like, there it is. There it is. It hasn't helped you to be that edgy and so nervous and the flow wasn't there. The football wasn't there. I, I You know, this is a Borussia Dortmund side, Rob, that's, that's struggling in the Bundesliga. You know, we, yeah. we've seen other Bundesliga sides in this competition get, get blown away a little bit. And, like, you sort of do probably falsely think, wow, if Dortmund are struggling in that division and City are absolutely at the peak of their powers in the Premier League, this should be comfortable. Mm. But it was far from comfortable. There was no flow, no energy going forward. There's a There was a caution in their football, I thought, which which isn't them. It's just mm. not them. And, and maybe, you know, Pep, I think, said afterwards, you know, there's some things we're going to fix with the ball yeah. and without the ball. And maybe he can adjust because he's that great for the second leg. But I, I, I mean... I guess it's a competition that, that does always surprise you. And I, I was shocked at how poor, basically, City mm. were in this game mm. and how nervous they looked. Yeah, and, and you know, all the talk was that, that you know, they were lucky that they maybe, they, was it Jude Bellingham with the goal with, with Edison? Could it could yeah, have gone I mean, the other way? Could easily have gone the other way. A mistake from, from the referee could referee, have gone the yeah. other way. Yeah, the, the Dortmund were, were in this one. And... It's funny, isn't it? For all that great football, for all that confidence, there's, there's something about this game that you get to the stage and, you know, the great players, great top of the top of the range footballers feel the nerves, get the anticipation, get get in, inhibited by what winning this tournament could be. And it's, it's, it's possibly the thing, Rob, that, that is the biggest challenge for Pep with this group now to, to get them through the, the, these, this difficult time. Yeah, uh, this maybe this is going to be good for them if they do get mm-hmm. through. That's a big mm-hmm. if because there's, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. football to be played, but maybe it will help them. I, mean, I looked at certain players, Rob. You know, you just talked about, you know, great players, even great players get nervous. Mm. Kevin De Bruyne is so great. Yeah. But nerves, it doesn't matter if he's nervous because he's so great yeah. anyway. And he, yeah. of course, is involved for the, for the winning goal at the end there with a lovely left foot ball to the back where Phil mm. Foden scored. Um, but Rid Mares is an example. Yeah, very quiet. I mean, Ilko Gundogan has had a brilliant season. Mm. And maybe we expect too much stuff from him, but if, if you just kind of looked around the, the team, there wasn't many great performers on the night. Again, the mm. whole thing was wrapped up yeah. in maybe anxiety from the coach, maybe stressing the importance of it, the feeling of, of here we are again, the quarterfinals. We failed so many times, and mm. maybe just a bad night. But but whatever, yeah. it, it, that's not going to be good enough. No, next week. Um, and even Ruben Diaz, Rob, got brushed aside by. You know the Wonder Boy at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it, it was guys. Uh, it was a very difficult nine. That, that I think ninetieth minute goal from Phil Foden makes yeah. it look a lot better at two one. But Dortmund have got the away goal. Oh, yeah, um, one, one my, my for them. Will be. Yeah, but just give me a quick rundown, Rob. I've got three young players who Phil Foden got the goal. How yeah. did he do? Jude Bellingham, Erling Haaland. Give me a little rundown on the three. Bellingham looks looks really good. Jude Bellingham, mm-hmm. very young player, involved with the national team. He will, he, I think, he'll go to the World Cup. He's, his position's a little bit in doubt. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very good. Phil Foden uh, had a funny night, Rob, because he he missed a couple of a couple of good chances, and and yeah. when he scored late on, his deadpan face was like, uh-huh. you know, thank goodness for that because I should have yeah, scored earlier. Was he was a little bit yeah. disgusted with himself for missing those chances. Mm-hmm. He, he he sweeps the ball into the back of net for two one. And everybody jumps on him, and he's just kind of because I think he was disappointed what he did before that. Yeah. Erling Haaland was was interested, and I know this mm. game went on at the same time. I know I focused in on this one, uh, particularly on, on when it was played. And I guess, I mean, I, he had a couple of flashes. I think is the best way of saying it. He had a he had a flash where he went through and showed his 
is good pace and yeah. good strength against Ruben Diaz. And that's why it's kind of, you, you, you kind of like, you stand attention at that a little mm-hmm. bit because he, he brushed him away a little bit, Rob, but he went through and should have scored. And yeah. he assisted uh, Marco Royce's goal yeah, with a yeah. ball in behind to play him mm-hmm. in. Other than that, there was very, very little. There was very, very little. Um, mm. So, I guess, you know, I mean, City still generally had more of the ball. Yeah. But it, it, so, you didn't see a great deal of Erling Haaland. But um, just those couple of flashes just is, a, is obviously like, oh, you know, he's, there's the little... Yeah, special, yeah. And we know yeah. how hungry he is. We know the desire he mm. has. Mm. I, got, I got a sense of his physicality, Rob, when I watch his game because we don't get to yeah. see... We don't, no, yeah, no. You know, we don't get to see him every week in the Bundesliga. He's a big guy. He's a mm. big, big physical presence that's hungry, determined, mm. um, and that pace in behind. And, and Ruben Diaz was trying to, and he kind of brushed him away a little bit, was pretty impressive. But I, you know, I can't sit here and say that he was magnificent and he no. looks like a million bucks and he looks like he's going to be the world's greatest ever player. You know, I think it's the talk of, of him being the next Messi Ronaldo type is way, way too advanced <laughs> yeah. uh, to think about that right now. He's still young. Um, he's super confident, but this is where you want to see him perform. I think he's gone two mm. goal, two games down the Champions League where he hasn't scored. That's yeah. his biggest, biggest yeah. drought. So obviously, bags of potential, but there were two flashes that just made you think, oh, mm. yeah, there's something about this guy. Um, we'll see in the second yeah. leg, Rob, if there's more. But yeah, Dortmund I was played say. well. Dortmund mm. played well, Rob. It really yeah. did and, and gave City many more problems than you'd ever have thought. Yeah, absolute test for, for Man City next week. Go away. If they are going to go on and win the quadruple, going to have to take care of business against Dortmund. Let's move it to, um, to the teams. Before, on, before we move on, Rob, let me just, yeah. there's, a, there's a couple of bits of news I'm just thinking about. Kevin De Bruyne signed a new contract right through oh. to 2025. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's a big deal. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's hindered that he's perfectly happy at the club. He's mm-hmm. a great club with a great manager. Um, so that's good news. And just, we should probably, before we move on from Erlen Haaland, just consider, we know that Man City, a, a, a big a yeah. big movers in the market, maybe Erlen Haaland. Do, yeah. do you, I mean, you know, do you think that type of striker is a good fit with the Pep side? I'm thinking about Big Zlatan before at Barca, didn't really get on. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I've said before, and it's interesting you talk about the physicality, which is, is a great edge and, and is a great attribute to have as an individual. I'm not sure with fit the Pep's teams, that's kind of as important in, in what you're going to do. Mm. It's not playing against centre-backs, it's playing away from them, behind them, at the side of them. I mm. still said, and, and I'll go back to if, if I've got a Harry Kane here and an Erlen Haaland here, I take Harry Kane based on what I need right now. I'm not saying that Erlen Haaland's not going to go on to super wonderful things in, in, in the future and, and, and be a, a top-class player. Mm. I just think with Harry Kane, with the way he plays and where he can drop, with the false nine, with his ability to knit the game, and you know he guarantees your goal. Right now, mate, I think Harry Kane would be my my purchase. But, yeah. but listen, Haaland's one for the future. And is, you know, in some, maybe in a Madrid team that, that maybe want to play that way or a, maybe a Barca team, maybe he's a, he's a better fit. Hmm. Yeah, we we'll have to wait and see. You have to wait and see. It's, it's very hmm. different, and um, yeah, you know, there's there's a there's a ton of negotiations, and there's there's, of- there's, a, there's a ton more air miles for Real yeah. and his dad to do before, as they take him round and, and get that fee up yeah. and, and the right salary for him. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll obviously look in, and see where he may end up this summer. Yeah, moving forward to, to the Bayern uh, Paris Saint Germain, the finalists of last season, Pochettino now in charge of Paris Saint Germain, and. 
Deserving winners going to Bayern winning 3-2 because that is not easy to do uh, in the current climate. So I, I watched this game, Rob. We split. Yeah, like, we've just recorded yeah. it after mm-hmm. just after the the Wednesday Champions League games, and and um, you know I I was I wanted to watch this game by Munich two Paris Saint Germain yeah. three. Uh, wow, it was uh, it was a fun game. It was a fun game. Yeah. I got to say, right from the first minute to the last minute, both teams were trying to attack, trying to score goals in very different ways. Um, by Munich, in so many ways, looked a better footballing side. It's very evident what they try and do, and that's why I enjoyed it today, Rob. Because you know yeah. we don't always have the opportunity to watch every, you know, all the games that they play in, uh, particularly the Bundesliga. But they they squeeze you. They try and play the whole game in the opponent's half. And I got to say, if I'm a midfield player, I love that. I love that. Yeah. If I run all the back. If I just run back to the halfway line and go forward again. So yeah, that's yeah. what they try and do. And for the most part, they do a blimmin' good job of it. And they look. They had a ton of chances or shots. Uh, Lewandowski didn't. Uh, uh, wasn't fit, of course, but a lot of shots. But the downside of that is if their opponents can find a little bit of space, then, you know, they can find space in behind. And they did, Rob, yeah. and they did. Neymar uh, to Kylian Mbappe was the connection. Uh, Mbappe played as a number nine. Neymar played as a number 10. You had Di Maria on the right-hand side. Uh, Julian Gla- Draxler on the left-hand side. And they just stung Bayern Munich with a counter-attack. Kylian Mbappe, you know... I, 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 I am a big I am a big fan of him because I, mm. I love a skillful, quick centre forward. Um and his first goal wasn't an amazing shot. Um Neuer was a little bit at fault. He kind of dived a little bit early, but he yeah. gets that goal. Um and then he gets an opportunity, Rob, in the second half. I mean, what was the minute here? Uh it was sixth a sixty eighth minute. Actually, I thought it was later than that. Sixty eighth minute for the third goal. And again, he, he's left a little bit of space. He hadn't had a kick for twenty mm. minutes because of Bayern Munich's pressure on trying to score, he gets a little bit of space, he's going forward, and he's, he's just deadly. He's deadly. Mm-hmm. Inside, puts it through the legs, you know, 3-2. Um, again, PSG, they lost their best defending Marquinhos, who actually scored the yeah, second scored, goal. Yeah, scored, didn't he? Yeah. He got injured two minutes later. And mm-hmm. without Marquinhos back there, I think a midfield player, Danilo, went back and played centre-back. Yeah. They, they were hanging on a little bit. And then the third goal comes, and then you're like, Wow. Three, two away from home. Mm, three away yeah. goals, Rob. Three away goals. If PSG score one goal one, yeah. at home, that's yeah. four, two. Then, then Bayern Munich have got to get three. three. They've got yeah. to get, you know, I, uh, I just think they will be strong favourites now. And I, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the mm. game. I'm pleased I watched the match. But PSG with Mbappe and with Neymar. Again, Neymar wasn't brilliant. But yeah. Mbappe is a ruthless, fast, I imagine a nightmare to play against. I mm. kind of liked him as a number nine today as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. Uh, having watched two games, and you say probably two of the bright sports of world football, Holland and Mbappe, is Mbappe a little, little bit ahead? It's it, it, it's difficult. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's hard, no. right? I, mm. I I I would say so. I would say so. So if you're asking me right now, yeah, yeah. what on my team tomorrow? It would be Mbappe. Um, mm. Erlen Haaland, again, he's, he's, he's kind of exploding right now. We, yeah, we kind of, yeah. That happened a little while ago with Mbappe, and I, and I particularly yeah. like the way that he does it. The speed of his moves um, and his finishing today was, was, was very, very strong. But no, it, it, he's, uh, they're both huge talents, of course. Yeah, but I, I just yeah. think that, that not many people expected Bayern Munich to go through, Rob. I no, no. People have had, would have had um, Bayern Munich to go through. It was good to see Leroy Sane, my friend. Leroy Sane from Man City. Mm. Um, it didn't really happen for him in this game, but he looks 
sharp. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think this player is absolute dynamite good, Leroy Sane, and he did some moves. Didn't, the final piece wasn't there, but mm-hmm. I thought he looked really bright. Thomas Muller was interesting. Robbie gets his, he gets his goal in the 60th minute make it, uh, to make it 2-2, I think it was. And you've got Yogi Love in the stands with his mask on. That hasn't yeah. picked Thomas Muller for ages, and yet everybody thinks that Muller should be in the national team, particularly the way they're going at the, mo- the moment. And, um, you know, he got a really good goal as well. Uh, so, fascinating. Re- really good game of football. Mm. Um, and, and PSG now, uh, for me, would be, would be strong favourites to go through. Yep. Uh, I'm moving on to, to the final game, which is the one I kind of concentrated on, Porto v Chelsea. Which was um, competitive, Rob, I've got to say. Porto came out aggressive, good without the ball. They're, they're a difficult side to play against, as Juve will, will testify. It was everyone, I think, was looking at Chelsea having got beat 5 2 against West Bromwich Albion at the weekend. Um, interesting team selection in that Rudiger, Christensen, and Aspilicueta were his back three. Uh, Rudiger played, and I've got to be honest, Rudiger was monstrous, I thought, at the back. Physical. When balls came in the box and Porto are dangerous from set pieces, they've got good size, got good delivery. He was generally the one who was putting, they're not a big side, Chelsea, and they're not particularly aggressive side, you were saying there. I thought he was good. He, he got his blocks in Christensen as well, who, who's probably not quite as naturally aggressive in his play, but I thought that the, the back three did particularly well and the clean sheet will, will help them. Just let me interrupt but, you there, Rob. Just interrupt you there, just on Rudigan, mm, because yeah. big reports of big old bus yeah, in the yeah. training ground where the two of them yeah. had to be pulled yeah. apart. And I think and the, and the manager said that they uh, they made up afterwards. They made up, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think there was an edge to Rudiger based on that, maybe? Possibly. And I tell you what, was a good edge and he, and he did it well. And it's almost like, you know, let, let's just put it out there, Rob. I can almost say every week that I played, trained at Wimbledon, there was a fight. How it got out, how it was spun, who was involved was often whether it made the news or not. Yeah. There's a fight every week in training because these highly charged up guys, competitive, wanting to play, sometimes disappointed. You're going for bad tackle. It's not a day when you're happy and you have a square up. And that happened. And Tuchel, to me, has handled it well. He's got the best out of Rudiger today. There was absolutely no problem with him. Um, Kovacic and Jorginho in front of him were struggled for the first 15, 20 minutes to, to get into the game, but their passing started to come. Jorginho was better. Kovacic, I thought, was good again tonight. And the front three were Werner yeah. and Mount underneath uh, Havertz. Yeah, which was uh, which was which was interesting. Obviously, a lot of pace. Mason Mount continues to be the gift that maybe Frank Lampard's left Chelsea with. Mate, he's yeah. he's. I mean, scored in the league last week. Scored it in international. Scored his first Champions League goal today. And what a goal, mate! I don't know if you saw it. Right. Yeah. It's, it it's typical Mason Mount. You talked, I think, it was at the weekend about how great it is when you're two footed. Yeah. If, if if ever there was a time where this guy, on normal situation, you're taking that with your right foot, probably away from goal a bit, because and then hitting it with your right. He spins off his left foot, a, a, a pirouette spin. Yeah. The ball lays and he hits it with his right and gets a goal. Yeah. It's a beautiful finish yeah. uh, by a guy who is becoming more and more important for his football club and his national club than the kid who started against Manchester United at the start of last season, who Jose Mourinho was sort of saying, Mason Mount, really? Mm. Um, he's a talent, mate, and he's going to be an important part. And um, his poise is, you know, you talk about, the situation with some of the Man City players and, and, and the, the, the event and, and the enormity of it, he just looks like that. Nat- he looks natural. Looks like he enjoys the stage. 
I think he's 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 the least of concern to Thomas Tuchel mm. in that dressing yeah. room. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not surprised. I saw his goal, a wonderful goal. Mm. But talk, talk to me more about the other two, the, the, the Timo Werner to the left and yeah. Kai Havertz yeah. just nine dropping deep. You know, I could have read a couple of reports before we jumped on on the pod and, and, yeah. and the, the jury's still out a little bit on Havertz. Yeah. Um, did, did, I, I want Havertz to work as a nine because I think he's yeah, ideal it did, nine. It, did, it didn't really... I mean, you you against Mbemba and, and Pepe, actually, his two centre-backs, who was... Yeah, tough. No, no, the way around. They're tough to play yeah. against. So it wasn't easy... Yeah, it was quite physical for him. If you were saying, did it work in terms of the team, you'd say probably yes. Giroud came on in 65 minutes just to maybe have a bit more hold-up play. Uh, Werner, again, shows glimpses, but looks a little short of confidence, a little short of, of the snappiness that you'd want, that, that confidence that you see ooze through a Mason Mount. So it might take a, a little time, might take this season for Werner. I heard it something interesting when about Werner and Havertz. I thought... Possibly worth throwing into mix, or possibly part of the, of the understanding of where they are. It's a time where pandemic. They've come to a new club. No, no fans might be slightly affected. We're not saying it's the only thing. Different teammates, maybe different way of playing and different country and language. But maybe, maybe family, maybe wives, girlfriends, friends, not being able to travel, not being around them. Mm. There could be other things, Rob, that, that outside of the game that we know having played it, that sometimes get in your head that don't put you in a, in a great place. And, and I'm not giving I'm not giving them any excuses or, or don't feel I need to. Listen, they've been bought for big money at some point that people will say. But I, I just think if, if Chelsea can continue to get to this season, they're in great shape now. Uh, Chilwell, ben Chilwell scored his first goal in the Champions League, a lovely second goal from the left-back, which gives Chelsea comfort. Gives them a real comfort now as they yeah. go back to the neutral ground for, for the second leg. Yeah. If they can get to the semi-finals, Robin, and, and nurse Werner and Habits through this season, they could be in a nice place next year. Obviously, the summer's going to tell us whether they'll go big for, for a striker and they talk of Lukaku or Haaland or one of those type. But if, if they can get there and with what else they've got with the squad, Pulisic came on, hit the ball, you know, these depth in around that midfield, these, these options... With, with Kante to come into the middle of the park. We know the back three, there's no Thiago Silva. All of a sudden, it doesn't look that bad after, you know, 5-2 loss against the Baggies at the weekend. They didn't know if it was a professional performance by Chelsea now. It was a bit more like a Tuchel that we've seen or a, a Mourinho when they're away from home, like give nothing away. You know, get your goals, tune a lot. That's a really good score to go into the second leg with. Interesting team, Rob, you know. Um... Mm. Rudiger and, and Christensen back there, and yeah. those wing backs. Do you think that? Do you think that is the best five? Like, do you think he's settled on that now? Without you no know, Thiago and yeah, yeah. and you know, and James in that position, I think Angolo Kante will come in there for Jorginho. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked it, it looked safe and solid, Rob. It looked like mm. Rhys James was on a day where it wasn't about flying forward as much. It was about defending well. Chill well the same, but you know, you got your goals through, through him com- coming late when Porto tired a little bit. Um, it, 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 if, the, if if you could start to nail the front, Rob, they're, they're dangerous, Chelsea. And they're Christian dangerous team to play. Obviously, like this weird substitution where he fell yeah. 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 and So he was yeah. okay, and he came on. He was he, okay, and he came on, and he was lively, and he hit the, the bar. And the, the, the manager, it was a great shot, the manager before, almost going through the thing of, he was sort of saying, go, you know, show into feet and spin in behind, because, you know, they're not the quickest in, in the back, and if you can yeah. get in there, you could see him sort of walking him through that. So... It seems he's okay. It seems that it was precautionary 
and he felt he had to come off at the weekend and not have to pull the injury. And listen, maybe he's done the right thing. Um, he's still part of things. Tuchel's big enough and, and, and brave enough to say, okay, you're still part of the plans. And, and they move on. And, and Chelsea find themselves, Rob, in a very, very good position now uh, to make it to the, to the semi-finals. Absolutely right, mate. It was, it was certainly a mixed, a kind of a mixed Champions mm. League um, for the English clubs. I got to say, I, I did enjoy watching a little bit different with Bayern Munich and, and studying, studying that game against PSG. Um, mm. But I, I got to say, it's, it's probably my favourite month of the year, mate. We got the Champions League quarterfinals. Yeah. We got the yeah. US Masters golf going on. It's a it's a fun time to be a sports fan. Springtime, lockdowns are loosening up. It's all looking good, my friend. It's all looking good. Certainly looking good for Chelsea fans. That does it for this part of the episode. But for Chelsea supporters, you may want to stick around. Next up, we'll be joined by Mel D. Cole, a New York City-based photographer and the founder of Charcoal Pitch FC. Mel is going to tell us about his exciting project focusing on American Chelsea supporters just after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. We're now joined by special guest in Mel D. Cole, who is New York City-based photographer with over 20 years of experience. But that's not the only reason Mel joins us today. Yeah, that's right. Mustine Mel is also the founder of Charcoal Pitch FC, the first and only black-owned soccer-specific photo agency dedicated to telling black and multicultural stories. Just recently, you've launched a special series with Chelsea called The Five Boroughs, highlighting five different black supporters from the five boroughs of New York City, Mel. Thanks so much for joining us today. First of all, just tell us a little bit about the five boroughs and all that's inspired you to launch the project. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. This is this is definitely an honor, you know. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, see you guys on TV, you know, all the time, and this is really amazing. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Chelsea, the, the project that I did with Chelsea uh, basically – highlights uh, five amazing black uh, soccer Chelsea supporters that live in all of the five boroughs, <clears throat> excuse me, in New York. You have Bronx, Manhattan, Queens, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. And what we did is we picked, uh, like I said, five incredible people, and they all have unique mm. stories. And we talked to them about uh, diversity within Chelsea. We talked to them about why they're Chelsea fans and uh, what makes them, you know, them and uh, Chelsea? And why do you like a team that's <laughs> thousands of miles away? So, yeah, we talked a little bit about everything. Just, just why Chelsea, Mel? What, what specifically about that club? Is it, is it just people that you knew that supported Chelsea? And what are you through your photography? What are you trying to pick out from these these five guys? Well, um, yeah, one woman. Let's not forget. <laughs> but yeah, it's five guys, one woman. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, 
what I want to do with with what I'm doing with Charcoal Pitch is to make sure that these that that black people have a platform. Uh, and then we're telling these stories that are untold. There's a big giant void within uh, the black community when it comes to soccer and storytelling. And uh, why I picked Chelsea, you know, it's a, I pitched this uh, project to Chelsea is because Chelsea, obviously, you know, they've had some problems with racism back in the day mm-hmm. uh, as late and as early as the 80s. Um, we see mm-hmm. that their first, you know, player, the only black player, the first black player that they, they had was I believe 80 or 81, and uh, mm-hmm. he dealt with a lot, a lot from the, yeah. the supporters and a was lot of racism. Kind of was that yes. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes, 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 you yeah. know, who's, you know, dealt with a lot. And um, man, I, I just think that Chelsea was the right place to do, you know, stories like this, to show their supporters and mm-hmm. to show, you know, America and the people around the world that, you know, that there is diversity, not only on the pitch, but also mm. off the pitch as well. So they've been, you know, very supportive and obviously they've mm. changed and, and are continually changing, you know, what they're doing and their approach to racism and anti-Semitism and everything is trying to be the, you know, the most positive club out there. So I definitely was, you know, zeroed in on them to pitch this project to. It's really interesting you talk about that, Mel, because like, I started my career in the 80s at the time. There was, there was not you know, a huge amount of black players playing on the, on, on the field, more growing. But I have to say at that time, there was very few black faces in, on the terraces. It wasn't a place, I don't think, where black people felt that comfortable. So it's right. great the work that you're doing and what you're highlighting. And are you aware of any other clubs who are doing anything similar, trying to promote some of the ethnicity and diversity that we are seeing in football now? Absolutely. Um, other clubs outside of the Premier League, yes, Roma is a club mm-hmm. that I, I starred in the mini documentary about my first um, time uh, shooting a, a match over in Rome that came out, uh, I believe, in 2019. Um, Wolves, they're another club that are, you know, okay. they're showing, you know, that they want to work with us. And when I mean us, black people, they want to do mm-hmm. things, you know, they want to they want to include everybody. And um, yeah. Those are two off the top of my head that I know that are doing, you know, the work. But the Premier League in general, you know, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, a league that I think uh, is they're getting it. You know, they've hired mm-hmm. me. I have a partnership with them right now to document okay. uh, black fans for their uh, Premier League Fans of America initiative that they've been doing. So, yeah, it's going. That's great. That's great That's work. Great. Yeah. That's great. Great. Just just in general, the Premier League, Mel, like. Of course, we, we've seen it grow from our coverage and when we arrived in the United States kind of many years ago now. Do you, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've noticed the growth as well. Do you ever think that the league will get anywhere near as kind of popular, as big as some of the big American sports? I know it's a big ask. I just want mm. to get your kind of view on it. Yeah, that's a huge ask. Uh, we, you would have to put a team here. <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what would have to happen. You'd have to, to put a team here. Uh, and, I mean, you're competing with our own domestic league, uh, which is huge. But I think um, first and foremost, we, we have to, in order even to get to those thoughts and steps, we have to stop the pay for play system that we have yeah. in the United States that stunts the growth of the sport, especially on the men's side. Um, we don't, you know, people like me, I'm from the inner city. I grew up on the south side of Syracuse and I would look at soccer as a predominantly white sport. None of my friends play it. They didn't come to ask me to play. I played American football growing up. 
And um, I would just drive past them like, oh, yeah, there's the white guys playing, you know, soccer. Like, eh, I'm not, you know, interested. It, they didn't, I didn't see anyone that looked like me out mm-hmm. there. And um, we need to stop that. We, we need to change that aspect and really get these inner city kids uh, interested in the game in order to move it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say this a little bit quietly, uh, Mel, because I believe yes. you're an Arsenal fan, <laughs> driven by the likes of Thierry Henry and Ian Wright. Yes, caught your eye back in the day. So, how does an Arsenal fan become involved in a photographic project for Chelsea, one of the big London rivals? Well, listen, Charcoal Pitch FC does not have a club that it supports. <laughs> this is a business, this is a business, you know, and also a passion. You know, mm-hmm. I, I personally, yes, I, I'm a diehard Arsenal fan. Uh, true, true. I love them. And, uh, but, you know, when it comes to work and it comes to business, you know, mm-hmm. there's, I, I'm down to work with everyone. Any club, any league there is, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you do it. You can't, you, you can't just have, you know, this can't do that. Do you, look, do you look for Chelsea results now or is it, is it, is it still Arsenal first and, and everybody else second? Uh, Arsenal first. Well, yeah, I just yeah. watched Chelsea. You know, so it's just, what do you think today? Today, oh man, that was you know, the first goal. Great, you yeah. know, I saw mm-hmm. that, and then it honestly it got a kind of you know boring, you know. But <laughs> I, I love watching. I love watching Mindy. I love watching, um, you know, Captain America. <laughs> of course, he got in. Implicit, uh, yeah. Yes, yes, and uh, but yeah, it, it, for me, it, it, like watching them today was it really? I focused on to just see how they were going to come back after. What happened, mm-hmm. you know, over the weekend when they got their butts kicked, and yeah. I just think they played well and they held it down. And um, Mindy, what a great yeah. player! And it's awesome to see. You know, you don't get to see too many black goalies, you know, yeah, in the league true. and in soccer mm-hmm. in general. So it's awesome to see him out there playing well, especially after he didn't play so well previous in the previous game. Just looking at your websites, Mal, and uh, there's a lot of very cool photography involving football. Where, where did it's interesting. You talk about when you were younger, you saw the white kids playing it, but it yes. obviously grabbed you at some point. Like, explain how you fell in love with it a little bit. FIFA video game. I love I love video games, and uh, I was tired of playing Madden, which you know NFL football, and I was like, oh, I kept seeing it, and I was like. Oh, let me try this out and wow. took about two weeks and I was hooked in. It was just like, <laughs> this is it. This is amazing. And, but I quite at first didn't understand the offsides. Like, what is this? <laughs> so well, when I got offsides, it was cool. But then now I still don't know what offsides really is. So, <laughs> I don't think any of us know. Is it a toe lower? Is it like, what? Let me tell you, VAR certainly doesn't know because every week we keep seeing it. <laughs> no. It never seems to get it, get it right. You don't know. Right. <laughs> Listen, we we obviously, when we get a guest in, we do a bit of research. My little bit of research tells me that you're a self-taught photographer. You started with disposable cameras back in the early 2000s, throwing away, taking pictures, and you've grown on to become one of the top uh, photographers around many hip-hop stars and and A-list celebrities. So congratulations to you. How did it start, and where's your kind of – how did you get into football? Who's some of the biggest players or teams you, 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 you photographed? Well, I started uh, shooting in general because of music. I love music, and that's uh, pretty much what I've been doing for the 20, 20 years of my career. 
mm-hmm. and more recently shooting Black Lives Matter and um, a lot of the protests around America. But yeah. um, soccer, I mean, it, it's just it's it's beautiful. I mean, I don't know it's more cliche can you get. It's a beautiful game. It's once I really got into it and studied the history of it and uh, just really started watching it, it was just like, mm-hmm. it just clicked. I was like, I have to photograph this. This <laughs> Why not? Why not yeah. use, you know, the work that I've already done and use my name to open up these doors for myself and uh, really get into the game and, and really mm-hmm. be there. And there's nothing like being on the sideline of a game. It's, I mean, the roar of the crowd. I mean, I can only imagine what it, what it felt uh, for you to, to score that first goal and <laughs> yeah. at the World Cup. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. I, I've done my research. And, uh, <laughs> what, I mean, did that feel, what did that feel like? Sometimes you get lucky, my friend, and you're in the right place at the right time, and you trip I mean, over, the ball hits you on the head, and it goes in the goal. And, hey, they call it history. But, yeah, but this is about was, you. This is, this is more about you than, than about us. <laughs> you know, our fans get to, to hear plenty about us. You've you've had some incredible photographs with some of the biggest names in in in, in music and hip hop: Jay Z, Beyonce, Drake, Rihanna, Chance the Rapper. The list goes on and on. Who's yes. the most interesting person you can tell us? Oh, most interesting person. Uh, they're all so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably, let's say one of the most interesting people that I photographed. Uh, let's say. Who surprised you? Drake, Drake, Drake. Drake surprised me. I photographed him the first time in 2009 when he was first coming out. And he was he is and still has been one of the most humble uh, men in in entertainment that I've ever met. He's just like Mm. so chill. And you would never Mm. think that, you know, Yeah, you don't get that impression now. No, not at all. Like, you know, when he's rapping, he's he's rapping, he's cocky, he's this, he's the man. But when you're around yeah. him, yeah, he's still the man, but he's just like a regular guy. And you just talk, you know, you just kick it with him. I'll tell you what, you know, just thinking about it, Mel, like, I bet you could do a great trade in footballers that want their career kind of photographed. Not not just yeah. stuff you get in yeah. the newspapers, yeah. and, but, 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 but by hiring a photographer, like... The cool photos you can do, I'm telling you, there'd be a ton of players who would love to have a unique set of of, of photographs to kind of, I guess, journal some of their career. Is that something that, that I, I guess you've done it with pop stars, music stars? I mean, yes. think, Rob, wouldn't that be a great idea? Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they'd, they'd, they'd love to have that kind of that access. I d- I've done that with Hector Bellerin. Uh, oh. When I was over, I went over... Uh, I believe right at end of 2019, I went over and I, I had a bunch of meetings, uh, soccer meetings, uh, with a bunch of various clubs over there. And one was with Arsenal. They rolled out the red carpet for me, let me see the inner workings and the mm. backstage, as I like to call it. And a couple of weeks before, I hit up Hector and on Instagram. I was like, hey, man, I'm being in town. I would love to photograph you. Yeah. And he was like, cool. And I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, he's a stylish guy. We all know Hector. How he, yeah. You know, how he mm, yeah, yeah, he does his thing, yeah. Yeah, and he's such an awesome human being. So it was like, yeah. it's a perfect person to start with. And he saw me coming down the tunnel off the bus and immediately knew who I was, gave me a handshake and said, let's get up in a few days. A few days later, he showed up just by himself, no entourage or anything. And it was such an amazing experience. A lot of people could not believe that here's Hector, Bellerin, 
literally getting this photo taken in front yeah. of my shop or in front of my on my stoop. We had this man. Mm. He he so he walks up behind and he's like Hector. He had his uh this kit. It was a personalized kit and said his name on the back. And this man is walking. I could see. He's like, is that? And he turns around. He's like. Oh my goodness! It's really you. He's like, I have a, my house is two blocks down. If you guys would like to shoot in our on our stoop, please come do it. And we went, and this man, he couldn't have been any prouder. He's in his window with his daughter, pointing out, and like I could just read his lips, like that's Hector Miller. He plays with <laughs> Arsenal. He's on our stoop right now. And yeah. yes, so what I what I want to do with Charcoal Pitch, one of the things is to translate what I've been doing with music and entertainers and everything, and bring that to the soccer world. That's what I've been doing with uh, the Chelsea Five Boroughs. That's what I'm doing with uh, the Premier League stuff. And that's what I'm doing mm-hmm. in general. And I want to yeah. tell these amazing stories that necessarily don't get told all the time. Yeah. Well, we must know, I'm feeling a, a fan fest book by Mel D. Cole coming on. Absolutely. Let's do it. It's got to be there. Got yeah. to be there. That's a special time when, you, you know, the, the USA – Premier League soccer fan comes out and shares with us their love of their teams and their support, and, and it, it's a yes. great coming together. So uh, that that'd be a great project for great. us, and I can imagine Actually, some some brilliant. I believe I was supposed to code one, and it got cancelled because of COVID. Oh, Ashley in Cole, Ashley Cole was coming yeah. over. Yeah, I believe yeah. he's coming over, and we're. I was going to do a project with uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Cole mm. on Cole or something like that. Yeah, we're going to do it, but. You know, COVID. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe in the future. Fingers yeah, crossed. Maybe in the future. Yeah. So I like to photograph you two. Got to get you guys together. <laughs> yeah. The two Robbies, that, that always works. Listen, it's been yes. great talking to you, Mel. Uh, continue the good work. Uh, if there's anything we can do, let us know and, and keep promoting, keep showing the diversity and the inclusion of this great game because it is a special game. And the more people that enjoy it, uh, the, the better the football family becomes. Brilliant. Yeah. And thank the both of you for doing what you do. I mean, it's amazing, and I really appreciate you. You know, and especially uh, uh, Robbie Early. Like, I mean, yeah, you are a legend. <laughs> no offense, Musso, but seriously, <laughs> I, I really appreciate what you've done for the game and, mm-hmm. and being a positive role model for all, you know, black kids growing up mm-hmm. that love the sport and the things you continue to do. I mean, seriously. Bowing down. You're the man. Mutual love, my friend. Mutual love. Me too. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Cheers, man. So brilliant stuff from Mal D. Cole. Look out for the Five Brothers Project on Twitter or Instagram at Charcoal Pitch FC. There's some great photographic content. You won't be disappointed. And with that in mind, look out for a special podcast with Parag Marate. He's the vice chairman of Leeds United and a senior member of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, uh, Robin Musto had a really interesting conversation with him on the, some of the similarities between football and the NFL and some of the differences in how he's working between those two clubs. But it's been a dramatic couple of days of top-class European football. 14 goals in the four games. Man City, they've got an edge. Liverpool could be edged out unless they have a big night at Anfield. And Chelsea, I would say, were efficient against Porto to give themselves a real good chance of making it to the semi-finals. Look out for our next podcast on Sunday, April the 12th, when we'll be back to look at match week 31 and the Jose Mourinho derby. Spurs versus Manchester United, with Spurs needing a result. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musto, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.